Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. You know what that music means. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Trav, aka Five Minute Major, and welcome to HV Pucks Overtime. I'm proud to say this is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering the sport of hockey in our region. What separates me from the mainstream is that you do not need a newspaper or cable TV subscription to access my content. It is 100% free and available on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. HV Pucks Overtime is sponsored by Atlas Admissions, an admissions consulting firm that specializes in working with motivated and passionate individuals who seek admission to undergraduate, medical school, and graduate programs. Whether you're in high school or ready to apply to graduate school, Atlas can help you to develop and optimize your application for admission through preparation for standardized testing, interviewing, and personal statement writing. Atlas Admissions Consultants have a proven track record of helping their clients obtain admission to top institutions across the country. Visit them today at www.atlasadmissions.com. Call them at area code 617-712-2261 or email them at info at atlasadmissions.com for a free consultation and to find out how they can help you achieve your personal and professional goals. And by now, you know that one of the things I enjoy the most about hosting this podcast is when I get to sit down with players, coaches, parents, and fans to talk pucks. I recently had the opportunity to chat with Charles Halloran. Uh, He is the head coach of the Staples High School hockey team in Connecticut. This is his first year behind the bench as head coach. Uh, He had been an assistant coach with the club prior. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by Charles O'Halloran. Charles is the head coach of the Staples High School hockey team. This is his first year as bench boss. Uh, prior to this, he was an assistant under Chris Savina. Chris is now the head coach of North Haven. Uh, we're going to get into it today, uh, but he also has to prepare for a 4 o'clock tilt against Enfield at Enfield Twin Rinks. So, Charles, thank you so much again for taking the time out to uh, come on the show. How's it going today? Oh, it's going really well. Thanks for having me. Um, I think it's uh, it's great what you do, and it's great what the CTHS hockey does on the Twitter world. Um, you know, it's all about the kids at this level. So you do a great job; they do a great job, and uh, should be a should be a fun show for me. A- absolutely, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, stick taps out to Luke Devoe and his crew. You know, I had Jesse Peters on a couple of weeks ago, and those guys over there in Connecticut they cover the sport the way that I wish I could if I had like an army of people. You know, but uh, I think I'm doing okay kind of in like my little corner of the state. But again, I am branching out. I've got you on today from Connecticut. I'm going to have a couple of guys on from New Jersey. So, you know, and even even outside of my area, outside of the Hudson Valley, I'm going to have I had a, a coach on from Salmon River, which is a few hours away. I'm, and I'm going to have a, a few other coaches on as well. So let's get into it, coach. Can you describe the Wreckers, your team, in five words or less? Uh, yeah, so... 
you know, it's it's always a big thing to kind of think about what your team's going to look like at the beginning of the year. Sure. Um, I would definitely say that our team is uh, smart. Um, the way that uh, myself and the coaching staff is trying to teach these boys how to play, it's definitely a smarter type of hockey. Um, we lost a lot of players last year, so in order to make up for that, we just need to be smarter with our decision-making. Um, and that did show a little bit. Uh, on Wednesday's 4-2 win, so that was kind of key. Um, but then the second word is definitely young, and that's what kind of happens when you graduate so many uh, seniors. Sure. Um, we have 13 underclassmen this year. Nice. Um, so I'm looking for a lot of big things out of them. Um, and uh, I would probably say relentless. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Wednesday's night was definitely a, a tough, good first game. Um, we gave up two in the first period, but then after that, we, we shut them out for the, the next two periods. And that was kind of our relentless nature. Um, you know, just taking it one shift at a time and just making sure your, your shift counts out there for your 30, 50 seconds and, you know, come back to the bench, regroup and, and kind of keep it going. And sometimes that's what it's all about. Just keeping it simple. So smart. Young, relentless, I love all of those adjectives. You touched on this a little bit, Coach, in your previous answer, but what excites you the most about this team? Is it the youth? Is it the kids that are coming up and stepping up and assuming like bigger roles? Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun to have these young players because I'm not just inheriting a team that's been around forever. You know, we're coming in, we have a new coaching staff, we have um, you know, a bunch of new players. We have a lot of room for potential um, this year as far as our success-wise. Um, but our one of our biggest things is just to get better each day in practice. You sure. know, don't keep making the same mistakes. Work hard, ask questions. Um, and we have a really good mix of our upper and underclassmen, both talent-wise and leadership-wise. Great, that's great. Uh, which makes it great for, uh, you know, kind of makes it easier on us when we tell them things and uh, they go out and, and execute and have success, then, you know, it makes us look good, but it also lets us know that the way that we're teaching them, mm-hmm. uh, kind of our style of hockey and they're, and they're understanding it, that, that just lets us know that we're headed in the right direction. You know, in addition to new players and new coaches, according to your Twitter profile, which is at Staples High School Hockey, um, on Twitter, you also have a new goal song. I'm not going to ask you to give that away, but uh, maybe, I'll ha- maybe I'll have to come up and check out a Staples game in action so I can hear the goal song for myself. Um, any surprises this season in terms of, let's say, a kid that maybe came from a, a modified program or a JV program or just kind of grew over the summer, developed physically or, or hockey, IQs, uh, hockey IQ-wise? Um, I would say, I mean, one of the biggest surprises we have is goaltending and it's not really a surprise um if you watch him in practice every day which i have for the last year and now this year um but dylan mace uh is our senior goaltender yes. he's our only goalie this year nice um, and he spent the last two seasons backing up zach bloom who last year was all state goalie hmm. uh, for us and helped us you know take it down a big uh, pretty big but disappointing semifinal loss in state's uh, so that's one of the big surprising things is kind of seeing how he'll be able to handle a full season, you know, in his last season. Right. Um, I think it helps that he's a senior because he knows that this is it. Sure. Uh, and then 
another surprising thing, which is more kind of on the learning aspect, is how quickly these kids are understanding what we're teaching them. Hmm. Um, you know, it's always kind of tough when you have a lot of new players and new players who are younger. Sure. Um, but the way that we're doing it is not throwing all our systems and not throwing all our drills at them at once. We're just breaking it down, uh, you know, in hockey in its simplest form and doing it piece by piece like that is, has really helped to our success in practice and at least through the first game of the season. That's awesome. And, you know, I just want to go back to Dylan for a moment because I know you and I talked about this earlier. Back in November, I noticed um, – and I gave him stick taps on my show that he raised some money to help build a handicap accessible restroom in the Westport VFW. So again, it sounds like the ideal, you know, ideal young man as far as leadership, athletic, has that sense of community service and giving back. So it's nice to hear that uh, from a goaltending perspective, you guys are in capable hands. Um, so stick taps out again to Dylan. Um, you mentioned his name already. Um, who are the other players to watch on the Wreckers squad this year? Uh, definitely our two captains, uh, Zach Strober. He's a he's a center, um, and then JJ Stanford is our def- is uh, um, on defense. Uh, both of those players really lead by their play on the ice and off the ice. Um, you know, they're both uh, they're both very good leaders in their own way. Um, and then just, I would probably say, uh, forward Alex Goodman is kind of stepping up into a really big role this year. Great. So we really need a lot out of him. Um, but I think the best thing about our team is that every game there's going to be a different player who's going to kind of show up, whether it's on the stat sheet or off the stat sheet. Nice. Um, and that's a, that's a really great thing to have that we can lean on a team instead of a team leaning on a player. Absolutely. So I know it's only your second game today against Enfield, but in looking at your schedule and checking the calendar out, is uh, is there a game that you consider to be the biggest game of the season? <laughs> well, you know, I like to I like to keep it uh, kind of one game at a time. Sure. The biggest uh, game is the next game. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. But I would say uh, one of the biggest. I, there's, uh, I can look at our biggest game is probably senior night. Okay, sure, uh, sure. Because it's against, uh, it's against Norwalk, so we definitely want to win that game. They're kind of uh, an ice hockey rival. Okay. Um, the biggest game for me is probably, I know it sounds ridiculous to say this because they're, in my opinion, the best team in the state. But our first FCAT game this year is 8.30 p.m. on a Wednesday night in Ridgefield versus Ridgefield. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, I'm really excited for that game because by that time, we're both going to have, you know, five, six games under our belt. Right. uh, It's going to be a a, a crazy test to kind of see how we can compete against teams like that. Do they play ties in Connecticut after five, after, you know, However, the game's over. How many minutes? Fifteen minutes, seventeen minute periods. Is is do they do ties or anything? Shootout? What do they do? Uh, yeah. So we play three fifteen minute periods. Okay. Um, and then if it's tied, you play an eight minute overtime Ooh. sudden death. Hmm. And then if it's tied after that, it's it just counts as a tie. I see. Yeah, we actually jumped in New York State from fifteen to seventeen minutes. So it's interesting to see, you know, teams conditioning, teams depth. 
Um, we also went from minute and a half penalties to two minute penalties in New York. So you now you have two PP units, two PK units. So again, it's interesting to see this all unfold. Um, you talked about uh, Norwalk kind of being your biggest rival. In your opinion, coach, uh, what is the toughest rink to play in outside of, let's say, your home rink? <laughs> um, well, we don't play at either of these ranks. Hmm. Uh, but I have played and coached in probably every single rink in Connecticut, which sure. is crazy to say. Um, but the I don't want to I don't want to call it the worst rink because it's not the worst rink. It's a it's an unbelievable barn. Uh, but the Taft rink at Taft uh, Prep School, um, it's unbelievable. It's like so old, so cold. The benches are like. You know, just like a wooden bench that you sure. see on like a ship, <laughs> and like the be- the benches are so tiny. Yeah. Um. There's no place to stand. I try to stand on the bench, and like you have like overhangs of pipes that are just like, you know, covered in everything, and it's just <laughs> oh god, it's miserable. But it's an awesome game to sure. play. To like uh, to play a game. Yeah. Um, and then the rink up in Bolton is you have you like step up to the ice hmm. and okay. there's like huge wooden bleachers um that place gets bumping for games but rink wise again like not not the greatest place to play <laughs> okay um do you have a favorite and you can answer this certainly from your staples perspective or even from your your time as you know coaching the ct chiefs connecticut chiefs 14u favorite tournament or road trip um, don't really have a favorite. Well, I haven't really had a favorite road trip for Staples yet. Even last year, like it's just kind of like, yeah, just you know, right? Another. another I mean, road like, what's trip. the what's the furthest you travel to play an opponent? The furthest that I have traveled, like you know, with with Staples, um, let's say as an assistant, or you know, oh, with with Staples, oh, it'll be. Well, it'll probably be Enfield today because that's probably like an hour forty okay. from Westport. Oh, that's you know that's 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 pushing it a little bit, Coach. That, yeah, that, that's a that's a little bit of a haul to be honest yeah. with you. They I mean, they drove down last year. Okay, so you got to re- go you got you got to return the favor. I hear you. I'm just saying, like an hour yeah. and a half or an hour and forty to play a game and then go back. I mean that that's a pretty solid distance. Yeah. Um, well, here's here's a fun fact for you. Sure, so, I love fun, I love fun facts. So I coach Staples High School, which is in Westport. Yes. Okay. We play in Milford, which is an hour and a half. Um, excuse me, um, a half an hour from the high school. And I and I live in Groton, which, if you're familiar with Connecticut, is very close to Mystic. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I which is it, by Rhode Island. Yes. As so it, as I it, drive an hour to Milford. <laughs> Wow. To practice. Hey. Um, and my assistant coach, who works at the school in Staples, he lives in Reading, which is like north, like near like like north of like Danbury in there. Yeah, area. sure. I'm familiar with that it, too. It, it takes him like back rows almost 40, 45 minutes to get wow. to the rink. So. For, the, for the love of the game, right, coach? Oh, my God. That's what it's all about. You know, growing up as a kid, my mom is from Rhode Island originally, her, but her parents, my grandparents, maternal grandparents, lived in Massachusetts, so we would always 
make the trip up through Connecticut. We'd sometimes we'd stop in Mystic at the seaport or the aquarium, you know, as a kid, certainly on our way up to Massachusetts or up our, our, up to uh, Rhode Island. So um, definitely interesting memories. And a good friend of mine, speaking of Westport, just to give him a little plug, he has a donut shop at the train station in Westport called Donut Crazy CT. It's a little bit of a chain up there, so if you get a chance, check them out. They're outrageous. The Cookie Monster, uh, the, the, the Cookie Monster Donut is a glazed donut with big pieces of actual chocolate chip cookie on the donut with like blue and white icing. So it's out of this world. Um, oh my god! <laughs> what do you see? We're not just hockey on this show. What do oh, you? Yeah. What do you look for in a hockey player? Um, you know, it kind of depends on who they are. Uh, one of the biggest things I've learned through coaching is that every player, well, obviously every player is different, but every player like gets motivated differently. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Some players, you, you know, you need to kind of give that little edge to some players. Sure. You just need to let them do their thing. Um, but what I learned, but what I look for, um, in my players is kind of the ability to make smart plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only make smart plays, but like learn in practice with what we're teaching you. Like if I tell them how to run a certain play or, uh, you know, do something a a certain way that they listen and they actually try to do it, even if they're terrible at it. Right. Um, like we've just, we started practicing one timers just to have some other skill in our arsenal, even if they're not cranking off Ovechkin one timers. Sure. We they have the confidence to do it in a game right? in, in case that opportunity presents itself. Yeah, you um, never know. Fire the puck, you never know what's going to happen. Right, exactly. Um, but I think the biggest thing I look for in a player is the ability to play defense and offense. Okay, um, be a two-way player. I look, oh, yeah. I, I need players who are bouncing around. Like, I can put them on the first line. I can put them on the third line. I can throw them on defense for a shift and – it's getting them ice time, but it's also showing me that they understand each position is just a little bit different. But you know, at, sure. the, at, at the end of the day, it's all it's all just winning your battles. Absolutely, absolutely. So, coach, um, you know, we we talked about what you look for in a hockey player, but what makes a successful hockey coach, in your opinion? Uh, what makes a successful hockey coach? Um, you know, we talked about in the last question the ability to understand how each player gets motivated sure sure um and that goes along with each you know each player is different in all aspects you know on and off the ice um it's also the ability to teach your players what you're trying to teach them and i've had coaches in the past who just yell and scream sure i've had coaches who you know are way too timid um but i've also had some really good coaches who you know, know the fine line between that and right. the way that they teach you their information, you can learn it. Um, I understand that many players learn differently. So when we do like a different drill and I draw it up on the board before practice, when we get to that drill, I'll show them it on the ice and then I'll like do like a cold run because some players can just see a drill and get it. Sure. And some players see it, but then they, also need to do it a couple times. Absolutely, the more ta- the the more tactile players have to go through it, whereas the more visual players might just be able to pick it up by looking at it. So makes, right, makes perfect right. sense. Makes perfect sense. 
Coach, I know that this is your first year behind the bench for Staples, but certainly as an assistant coach or as a coach with the CT Chiefs 14U team, favorite moment or memory so far? Uh, yeah, so I've had a few favorite memories with Staples. Um, one of them uh, was Wednesday night. It was probably my favorite memory just because it was my first win as a head coach. Absolutely. That makes perfect <laughs> um, sense. That's a little, little early for it. But, wow, congratulations, um, man. Your first first dub is the head coach. Love it. Yeah, yeah, that was that was cool. Um, Especially since you, you know, play you play I'm sorry, since you played for Staples, right? You played for, No, 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 no. I played for St. Bernard. That's right. You told me that in the beginning, but you played for Chris Avina who was the head coach that you were assisting Correct. for, right? Correct. That's so, the which, connection. That's the connection. Yeah, yeah, which plays into my other favorite memory of just, you know, everything about last year being on the bench with him and sure. was just really really cool. Um Last year, I was assistant coach for Staples, and I was, like you said, the head coach for uh, the Connecticut Chiefs 14U program uh, travel team up in Newington. Okay. Um, and we kind of started out kind of rough. I had 15 players, and they were all quote-unquote forwards. So hmm. I had to teach some kids how to actually play some defense. Sure. Um, that can be challenging. And we lost a few players at the break to kids joining up for their high school teams. Um so we finished with about 10 to 12 kids, and we won uh, a Rhode Island tournament in February, and then we finished in third in uh, the NEPHL playoffs at the end. And uh, just seeing that team come together and sure. having them believe in each other and, and you know learn a lot from me just uh, kind of helped culminate everything last year. Now, it sounds like you definitely have had some some positive memories and experiences, which is great to hear. And you touched on this in your last response, and we're going to kind of dive into it a little bit more now. Uh, can you describe, first of all, the state of hockey in Connecticut? I know the finals are played at Yale University. In speaking to Jesse Peters and certainly in talking to you, I want to make sure I get up there for you know some of those games because I, I know I follow them on social media on Twitter, but I want to get up there and just kind of because I go to Buffalo for the New York State Championships and it's it's top quality hockey and I can only imagine that uh, Connecticut does the same thing. Uh, so how yeah. how would you describe the state of hockey, coach, in Connecticut? Um, I I think it's good. I mean, there are certainly things that we can fix, um, but I feel like a lot of these programs are. You know, it's all for the kids. I mean, we have a lot of great hockey players in Connecticut yes, that you know play high school hockey and don't play high school hockey. Sure. Um, but as long as the programs are doing it all for the kids and having fun team nights and pasta dinners and all those things, then you know we're we're just doing it for the right reasons. Because I'm sure every team, just like my team, has players who are playing it because. They've been playing it since they were five, and even if they're not that good, they just love being on a team and you know being on a bench and stuff. So, and being I a- think the the state of hockey could there are certainly things that we can improve, um, but that's more kind of on the CIAC's sure. job, right? Um, and that that well, leads me that leads me to my next two questions. My next two questions, and I don't want to get you into hot water with anybody, but pros and cons of co op teams. Well, I won't say anything con about co-op because I played for a co-op. Fair enough. Fair enough. My my freshman year, um, it was St. Bernard and Old Lyme High School. And then my senior year, we had a Bacon Academy into it also. So we had a three-team co-op. But but honestly, like, there's no hot water. I don't have a problem with co-ops. I think the pros of co-ops outweigh any sort of 
con that you could have because everyone gets a chance to play. Sure. Like I understand that people, you know, kind of like look down on co-ops cause it's like, Oh, it's not like a school thing or whatever. But the whole point of high school sports is to go out and learn something that you can take going into the real world when sure. you graduate. I agree. So why not work with a bunch of different people who, you know, are coming from different schools. I mean, we were Catholic school kids playing with a, you know, nicer public school in um, Old Lyme and a nice public school in Colchester. Mm -hmm. So it was like a bunch of kids coming from everywhere. And just the fact that, I mean, St. Bernard was a private Catholic school. We had kids from all different towns anyways. Right, right. So, you know, I think it's a great thing. Um, you know, last year for Staples, we unfortunately lost in the semifinals to the Eastern Connecticut Eagles. Um, they are a seven or eight team co-op. Sure. And I coach a lot of those players, or I had coached a lot of those players for split season when I first started coaching. Right. And see, watching those kids win a championship was bittersweet because obviously we wanted Staples to be the ones uh, winning the championship. But it was so cool watching those kids because if they tried to have a program with one school, none of those kids would play high school hockey. Right. And, you know, I I really should have clarified. I don't want to say pros versus cons of co-ops because I wholeheartedly agree that at the end of the day, kids need opportunities to play. But I know that I guess they're trying to prevent co-ops from becoming super teams or becoming too big. So if they become too big or become too this, become too that, they're no longer eligible to play because I know – you know, I'm friendly with Mike Benelli, and he's at NFI, and I don't think they're able to participate in the playoffs this year, from what I understand, for, yeah, because they chose to be remain a co-op. So again, I don't claim to be an expert. It's just you know interesting that you know that you you put these kind of things together, and then it works, but then it doesn't work. So it's just a matter of getting the all the stakeholders around the table and ironing out some of those details. I think at the end of the day, so yeah, I mean there aren't really. I mean, and this is no disrespect to anybody's program, right. but if if people are afraid of powerhouse co-ops, I mean, I haven't seen one yet. Right. So, no. Under, yeah. You know, and, and, I mean, they, interestingly they enough, will have success. They right. will win their championship. Sure. But it's not because they're head and shoulders above everybody. Right. It's just you know they're that's you know it's it interesting. It, time to win. That's it's all. interesting you bring that up because, as far as I know, at least from a Hudson Valley, let's say section one. They divide New York State up into 11 sections for athletics. I happen to be in the Section 1. Um, I live in Section 9, but I cover Section 1 for the most part. I have yet to see a co-op team win anything at the state level, certainly from from my section. So um, that kind of goes back to what you said. So you mentioned split season before. Is that an option in Connecticut? Because I was under the impression that you know you can't double roster at all. So correct me if I'm wrong on that, Charles. Well, well the so the split season season yeah runs from like last week of august until the week right before thanksgiving okay and and kids go off and play for their high school teams and then if you play on like a national split season team right um then you come back in end of march and you do if you make nationals um i think you have to make nationals in the first half of the split season like in the fall season Hmm. And then you kind of bring your team back together uh, in the spring. Um, hmm. Mainly those teams are made up of the top tier high school players right. and 
prep school kids. It's a bunch of prep school kids that just like all mesh together to try to win a national title. Like mid, we had mid Fairfield and Southern and, you know, Wonderland split season Hmm. national team has a couple kids from Connecticut. Um, and they just, you know, they go off to like Michigan and play in the USA hockey national split season tournament. So, so what, what are your thoughts on travel versus high school? Cause as far as I can tell, based on your answer and, and talking to other coaches and players in Connecticut, you cannot double roster. So you can't, play travel at the same time as the high school season in Connecticut. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you are not allowed to play uh, travel and high school. Um, I think the decision has to be made by either your first practice or whenever rosters are submitted. Okay. Um, I've coached both. Sure. And I've played both. Um, Not that I've, I mean, I played four years of high school, but I played, you know, juniors and whatever. Um, I think there's just such a such a gray area there yeah. because if I was coaching travel hockey, my job getting paid as a travel coach would be to win games and develop players, and you can't do that if kids are playing for their high school team. Sure. But it goes the same way. Like if I'm a high school coach, I don't want my kids missing a high school game because I'm trying to win a championship. Right. And it, they almost, they almost kind of need each other because you need those top-tier players if you hope to compete at the high school level, but then on a Friday or on a Saturday, I mean, in Connecticut, it's a non-issue right now, but going back to my home state, it's a Friday night, Saturday, there's a big tournament, but your high school team needs you, or you have a practice for your travel team and you miss a high school. There are coaches that will actually penalize kids, at least that I know of, for missing a high school practice for a travel game or travel practice. So I think it boils back down to getting all the stakeholders around the table and ironing something out in the kids' best interest because at the end of the day, it's really about providing kids with opportunities to play. Got uh, three more questions for you, Coach. Um, We're hitting like the 27-minute mark. I could talk to you all day about this stuff, but I know you have a game to get ready for. Favorite professional player, past or present? Uh, present, it's definitely Ovechkin, and I am watching him right now score that hat trick last night. Yeah. Um, I've loved Ovechkin, just the way he plays. Sure. It's just, I mean, it's unreal. I know it's kind of a cop-out, because nah, he's one of the best players, but nah, you know what? I, I love ha- watching Ovechkin. I have, um, I have yeah, to tell ahead. you, I have to tell you that, you know, certainly I wanted Vegas to win last year, especially being a Ranger fan. I just, the idea of the Caps winning just made me sick, but as the game went on, as it got closer to the Capitals winning, to see Ovechkin on the bench, how genuinely happy was for his teammates, and then how much they partied and how much I'm surprised they're even still able to play after all that. But it really, it is a really nice story that uh, he was able to finally win. You know, because yeah. for the longest time he was known as the greatest player that you know, hadn't won anything. So anyway, oh, oh, and then my favorite pass player, yep, Scott Stevens. Okay, so you like those hard hitting? Oh yeah. Well, I'll tell you. I used to watch Scott Stevens. <laughs> you know, when I tell my players to go home and watch the game, I say, "Pick out your favorite player and watch how they play, and then try to play like that." Sure. And that was and that was me. I wasn't like, I wasn't, I was never the biggest kid on the ice, but right. man, I I just knew how to, you know, line some. Really you knew how to line. You knew how to line somebody up. Yep. You knew how to line somebody up and and yep. make them pay cleanly. Yeah, of course, Cleanly, clean, clean stack. You There's, know, you're not going out there to to take their head off. Right. But you're, you know, I I am a fan. I am a fan of physical, clean hockey. 
It is a yeah, it sure. is a contact sport at the end of the day. Everybody knows that when they sign on the dotted line. Um, last question for you, Charles. If you weren't a hockey coach, you'd be a fill in the blank. <laughs> um, I would love to be a, uh, a high school teacher hmm. um, because it's very similar to coaching, and I try to take my coaching aspect and a teaching aspect. Sure. Um, and I think that there, I mean, there was a lot of distractions when I was growing up now with like the crazy outburst of social media oh, and yeah. phones and everything. Oh, sure. I think that there's just so many things for high school kids to get distracted by. And, you know, I, w- I would love to kind of help them, you know, kind of guide the way through their high school careers. I, I I wholeheartedly agree, Charles. I'm a middle school guidance counselor. I've been a middle school guidance counselor since 1997, and the advent of technology and social media has not only forever changed the landscape of our society, but it's changed the landscape of education because things that would usually be remain outside of school easily find their way into school now because of social media and kids have access to information at a younger and younger age like they know things that i didn't know about till i was in high school or college so it's uh it 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 does definitely make things challenging but i do admire your response as far as wanting to teach wanting to be that mentor wanting to give back because you're doing plenty of that now i've been fortunate enough to chat with charles o'halloran he is the head coach for the Staples High School hockey team. This is his first year behind the bench. However, he was an assistant with Chris Avina, uh, who has now moved on to North Haven. You can follow the Staples team on Twitter at Staples High School Hockey and on Instagram at Staples High School Hockey. Stick taps out to the you guys for having the same handle for both. I was not able to have the same handle for both, but so that's a story for another day. But uh, anyway, it's been great. Best of luck today against Enfield. You've got a 4 o'clock tilt up at the Twin Rinks. Uh, Coach, have a wonderful holiday season as well. Happy New Year. Nothing but the best for the Staples Wreckers. Hashtag Wreckers Puck. And I hope to come up and check out a game at some point in 2019. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, the uh, two quick things. I I help run the Twitter page and and I created a new Instagram so they are matching. Yes. Um, And then I have one last quick point on the travel high school Absolutely. By all means. By all means. Um, I think that high school hockey, unless you're playing for the preps and the Richfields and the Darians, gets a bad rap because the top players, you know, have this idea in their brain that if they play high school hockey, they won't get scouted. Right. But we know there's been plenty of high school players who, if you do it the right way, People will find you. Sure. And if you have, and if you have the right coach, they will get players to come. Uh, they they will get you know colleges or prep schools or junior teams to come watch you. So just because you think you're a top player, you know, if playing high school hockey is going to ruin your career, it, it won't. It will only help you grow and kind of get that competitive edge. So that, that's well said. And you know what? I'm going to share something with you that has a tie into Connecticut. There's a young lady at Quinnipiac. Her name is Abby Ives. She's the starting goalie for the Bobcats. She played four years of high school hockey at Fox Lane. And she played a little bit of travel with the New Jersey Colonials, uh, which is a girls team. There's a boys team too, but the girls team. She didn't play prep. She didn't play a ton of travel. She played for her high school. She played a little bit of travel. And she was she's killing it for the Bobcats. So again, if you are good enough, they will find you. 
Yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. So on that note, I'm going to let you go so you can prepare for your game. Again, this is your boy Trav. You're listening to HV Pucks Overtime, and I've been joined today by Staples High School head coach Charles O'Halloran. Charles, take care and good luck today. Absolutely. Thanks again. Love all the effort you put in, and uh, good luck to the rest of the season. Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Okay. Uh, hello there, uh, this is uh, Happy Gilmore, and uh, you're listening to the HV Pucks Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Now back to the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode of HV Pucks Overtime. And if there are any topics you'd like me to address or guests you'd like to hear from, please tweet me at TravJack71 as I do this podcast for you. You can also find me on Instagram at 5 underscore min underscore major. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5 Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink.